don't do that. Who edits this? Liam. Why would you do that? <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you, dude? He's already disturbed by us. You think this is going to scare I him mean, off? I mean, I don't know if it's going to scare him off, but it's just, uh, do you think whatever our, it will do, it would be inappropriate. Do you think our team is scared of us? Do you think they we are weird? I hope that they're scared of me. That's the, that's the way business works. I watch the Rockefellers. I just do what they do. If they're scared of anyone, it's me. Definitely not you. Why would nobody be scared of me? Why? <laughs> well, that's rude as fuck. You're like... People you're are like scared of me all the time. On our team? Just everybody. People that I'm you argue with person. on the internet because you are condescending and kind of a douchebag. First off, I, have, I, don't, I don't need to not be condescending on the fucking internet, okay? If I don't know you and you're going to come at me with some shit, I have zero <laughs> obligation to be kind to you. I'm, it, the fact that I'm even responding to people is a gift. Is a gift. <laughs> you know what? Fuck you, dude. I guess I'm so fucking tired of this. I, I, we talked about this. The political game has made me so bitter. Yep. So bitter. But I'm like, I just, and it also, I just come off like a dick via text. If I was saying it with my mouth, it wouldn't sound as dickish. I love when you say it with your mouth. Say it with your fucking chest. What's that from? Just a thing people say. Oh. Say it with your chest. Get it out there. Anyways. Um, anyways, how's it feel to be humongous? I am so wide. I was just saying. You have your never, own gravitational pull. I've never had such big boobs on the podcast before. Here we are. You did it. Congratulations. I did it. I'm growing by the day. Yeah. Kind of wild. It is quite weird. It's cool, though. I mean, I'm second trimester now. First trimester sucked balls. I hated being pregnant. I was like, why does anyone do this to themselves? Why do people continue to do this over and over kid. again? I said I only wanted one kid. I said I'm not doing this again. Yeah, you also said you didn't want a new dog, but here we go. Oh, oh my God, you guys. You're going to get just like overwhelmed with puppy content, but we're fostering two little tiny puppies that are five pounds. They're going to be nine Dachshund weeks. Dachshund boxer mixes, which I don't know how that happens. I wonder who fucked who. Yeah, that's weird. And there's not very many of them, so probably the Dachshund. Yeah, but we're getting two little girls, and they were about to be euthanized. We had like three days to find homes for them and we've never fostered before, but our friend Anne posted about it and she's such a dog lover. Like, I'm just going to fill out the application. They called me like two hours later. They're like, Anne called us to let us know that you need to have these dogs. <laughs> yeah. So then I called Connor thinking we were just taking one, but then they said, so it's both of them. And I said, both of them. And she said, yeah. The two sisters. I'm like, excuse me, I need to call my husband really fast because he doesn't know about this and I think he might murder me. So I called Connor and I was like, oh, it's going to be two. They said it would be easier that way. Connor's like, whatever, you're in charge. <laughs> yeah, I've adjusted my life 0%. Yeah, and he's also saying I cannot keep one of them. So yeah, we've had a set, need to set very clear love. boundaries. I'm like, I'm, you're going to fall in love with one of these fucking dogs and you're going to want to keep one and I don't have any interest in having one of these dogs. Well, he wanted me to have a dachshund. He's been talking about that for a year I, and this is a dachshund. I understand that. But the dachshund was a preparation for a replacement for a current dog that is old at some point in time. In five years. I get to get another dog soon. <laughs> I told Connor we would discuss getting another now, when, when, hunting dog next summer after the baby when comes. When there are puppies here and I bring out some duck wings and maybe one of them is a weird looking duck hunting dog prodigy. And I don't know, maybe we'll, then we'll have a different conversation. Dachshunds are hunting dogs. They're not, they're not bird dogs. They, they're, they're all, all the dogs that have like short stubby legs like that are built to dig out rabbits and stuff. Whatever. They, they, so they, they hunt burrowing animals. Oh, I just can't wait to have two little puppies and puppy breath and just little licks and shark teeth. And oh my God, I'm so happy. Why? I don't, okay. I'm glad they're being rescued though. I can't imagine euthanizing puppies. 
They literally said that they they were going to go somewhere and the place denied them because they were like, we are euthanizing so many dogs and we refuse to euthanize these dogs. Please take them away. Well, it's so like they're they, flying they find, them here. They can find homes. I mean, we're going to help them find homes. It's really hard to find fosters anywhere during the summer because everyone travels. Oh. So lots of dogs are being euthanized during the summer because they can't find anyone to take them. And all the shelters are over full. It's horrible. And lots of Ugh. people are surrendering their dogs because of COVID and they got dogs during COVID. And then they were like, oh, wait, I have a life. Never mind. I can't imagine surrendering a dog. Right? Weird. I know. So I, mean, anyways, I had to give a dog back doing. to somebody once. You did? Yeah, I was in high school. My parents were like, no. I brought it home and they were like, no. Oh, well, I, I just took it back to the people who, they, just, they didn't, you know. Yeah. Whatever. Wow. Wasn't that big a deal? Dog's fine. I really, think this is really good training for, for baby because I'm not going to sleep again for the three or four weeks or whatever that we have them. Yeah, I don't understand. Do you think they're going to sleep? They're going to stay in a crate. They'll be fine. She said they sleep great because they they're together. She said it's well, only that, hard and they're, when they're and separated. And they're also just, they, they've only known crate life, so they're not going to be super concerned. Totally. We'll see what happens. I did. I know you are. Anyways, how's my pregnancy <laughs> going for you, Connor? It's better now. Yeah. Yeah, it sucked. All of it sucked. The last like eight months sucked pretty bad. But also, when it comes to first trimester stuff, like, I wasn't really attached to any of it. Yeah. Early. And I think this is like personal beliefs about like, when life starts slash just being, I mean, so many so many things can happen, mm-hmm. like so many things. So like until like, what was it? 12 weeks or 13 weeks when I was like, okay, this is like, a, it's like a real thing now. Yeah. I mean, it's real the whole time it's happening, but like, what is it? 30% of pregnancies end in miscarriage. Oh, I like, it's, it's like, it's like, a, it's a way higher number it's than you would think. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's, so I was like, you know, I don't want to, I knew it's such an emotional experience that I was like, yeah, just be like cautiously optimistic about everything and like try and make it be good, you know? And here we are now we're. I passed that point, I think, knock on wood. Yeah, did me showing change things for you? Recently. Yeah. Because it wasn't, it was like here and there. It wasn't like a consistent showing. Now you're no, just humongous. it looks like I had had a burrito and then I hadn't had a burrito, which is why I call the baby burrito. Yeah. Burrito. <laughs> a little, little, we're, I'm rooting for a girl over here. Your mom switched today. Well, she just heard the heartbeat. Yeah, so our midwife came today and his mom wants to be a part of everything. So we make sure to like film everything and video it so she can see it. And so we sent her the video and the heartbeat was like 155. And she's like, 155, it's a girl. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. She's excited. I don't know. She's so stoked. I don't know. I'm I'm getting lots of like little girl content on my reels on Instagram. Oh, yeah. So that's me. I don't know what that means. But I also send you most of that stuff. You do. Yeah. Like little girls being crazy. Little girl that the little fucking like eight year old that started her mom's car and tried to drive. Oh <laughs> my god, fuck that! <laughs> Kids are crazy, we'll man. Freak out. Kids are crazy. I did that with a uh, with a motorcycle, you my did? dirt bike. Yeah, I would like take off on it. When you were that little, I was like six. Oh lord. But yeah, when I was at my dad's in the summer. Not excited about that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm excited for dirt bike life. Little bitty fifties and stuff. Me 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 going up the hill fucking burning it up your sister's just gonna egg this on so connor's yeah we're gonna get their hand me down dirt bikes has three gonna, we're gonna boys. buy their old dirt bikes from the other boys yeah i'm gonna get one before while it's, while it's an infant because abe's gonna grow out of his well because will dirt bikes and so all the boys all the bo- well i don't think all the boys do yet okay abe loves it abe's into it yeah he's so the oldest. oldest one and then and his dad like go to do like motocross races and stuff or whatever like cross-country dirt bike races which is really cool they do that together mm-hmm. you know but it's super fun. My dad was super into dirt bikes too. 
So it all oh, makes he sense. was. I didn't know that. Yeah, like my dad rebuilt the Harley when we were kid when I was a kid, oh, and uh, it was in Louisiana, and then it had it in this like storage, like a uh, open sided storage area, and a and a tornado came through and knocked a limb off the top of these trees that were like 150 feet tall. They were huge pine trees, like massive in Louisiana, and a limb came through and just like smashed it. They had to like then he had to rebuild it again, and I think it got stolen when he was in jail. Oh my God, that's crazy! <laughs> wow, crazy story, crazy, crazy story. So. It's in my blood, is all I'm saying. It is in your blood. I'm not, it's not in my blood. Although I came from Temecula, which dirt biking and motocross and all that stuff is huge there. So, yeah. TBD. I think it'd be more, more guns and ridiculous, crazy shit like that. Yeah. And dirt bikes mm-hmm. and golf. Oh. Guns, golf, and something else with a G. <laughs> Girls. Well, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so I was excited to record this episode because I feel like we've been having some interesting conversations as I've been hormonally leveling out. Leveling out? Fuck the fuck off. Yeah, I'm a sex slave. Yeah. <laughs> leveling out my ass. I'm exhausted. I'm drained. I got nothing left inside of me. I made him fuck me twice on Monday. Oh my and God. It, he was very tired you didn't yesterday. Make me, but I was, yeah, it definitely didn't contribute to my exhaustion. Literally for sure. sucked the life out of you. Yeah. But, um, no, I think so. We've been on a couple podcasts and we've talked to a few friends of ours, Jordan and Alexa. We had an OK Babe a few weeks ago and then Cece. we were on Justice Fandieri show open late today. We'll link that in the notes. You guys should definitely listen to that episode. It was so good. She has some really great questions that we hadn't really talked about publicly. Yeah. But I think one thing like this show, so much of it stemmed from the foundation of sexuality and exploring and especially as I realized I'm bisexual and the different adventures we were going on and just realizations we had and just the amount of growth that happened from sexuality in our relationship has been this show. And over the last eight months, we haven't really been able to talk about it that much because we haven't really wanted to fuck each other. <laughs> oh, we have. It's we have. Like, but it's a, it was just like ebbs and flows, like big yeah, time though. Like it was, really it was big drastic. swings. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas like tonight I need a break, obviously. Yeah, but I'll be going to bed at eight. O'clock. That's like normal. That's like normal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas, yeah, the yeah, the, it was much more drastic. Yeah, and it was like it would be kind of good sometimes, and then or just bad. <laughs> it, was, it was like the best you could hope for was like decent. Yeah, and as I far fe- as sex drives are concerned, I felt like sometimes too during the IVF process and like early pregnancy, we were doing it out of not obligation, but. Oh, we haven't had sex in a while. We should do this, and it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't the same. It just Which wasn't fine the same. to keep the keep the momentum going. You know. Yeah, it's Stay great. In the flow. It's all worked out. But I think what's interesting is, as you kind of referenced, my sex drive is definitely back, and with a vengeance. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, let me have your dick. Um, <laughs> God, <laughs> I've been masturbating so much. What I used my womanizer so much that my clit was just like, can we not? Can we just not? Really? Yeah, it was a lot. Well, because Theo ate two of my sex toys, one of them being a womanizer. I ordered a new one, and then I went kind of haywire. (laughs) Anyways, neither here nor there. But I think what's interesting is, and that I wanted to talk to people about, is sort of the ebbs and flows and, and the way things can shift in a relationship and the way we've communicated our way through this. Because I've had so many people ask me how we've navigated this going from a monogamous relationship where we talk about other women, it's part of desires. Mm -hmm. We have threesomes. We explore things to sort of shutting it down for a while, not having those experiences, having a couple experiences that were not ideal, 
and then shutting it down again. And then now I'm in a place where I'm like super fucking horny and I'm all about talking about other girls. Mm -hmm. Like that desire is back. Like the ones I was sending you on Instagram? Yes, I did. Nice. So that's something Connor and I do. (laughs) Is Well, mostly he will send me pictures of girls that he thinks I'll like. And I'm like, yes, thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, I just want to talk about how we've communicated through this. Because I think it's been hard for both of us. You felt like you couldn't talk about what was missing for you. Even if we weren't having threesomes, you're like, I can't even bring this up and I don't even know what's going on. So I think we should start there. Oh, when that whole thing happened? Yeah. Yeah. You ruined my whole driving range experience. I lost the whole day of golf practice, which everybody needs to know that I did, I did break 90 the other day and I've improved significantly. Probably one of the biggest improvements in golf history ever in, in the short period of time. Mm-hmm. And it's really mostly just because of hard work and dedication. Yep. And I just want to let everybody know that if you can, if you can, if you can dream it, you can do it. That's what I want everybody to know. I was like, if you can dream it, you can achieve it. No. No. You didn't look at enough motivational posters in high school. I guess not. (laughs) And teamwork also makes the dream work. Ah, I do know that one. That's a part of it as well. Yes. Yes. These are my life philosophies. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) I'm just going to get a tattoo that says teamwork. (laughs) In like, in a different language that looks all all woke. That's good. (laughs) What What does that say? Teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> fucking hilarious oh anyways what was happening oh yeah well i, I don't even remember what what brought that up you have a uh, an elephant mind i don't remember especially I don't. In, that ele- in that outfit because <laughs> i am an elephant now uh, you, know, you called sure. me a fucking rhino the other day and i like i was like you can't be mean to me what was i called you went from giraffe to elephant now yeah. but you never forget it's it used to be a majestic giraffe majestic if giraffe you know you know no, you were talking about something and I immediately made it about threesomes and other women. Yeah, I don't remember what I was talking about. What did I say? Well, I was like, well, I can't even, we can't even talk about it. It was like, well, you were so on edge. About everything. Everything. All the time. And here was what was frustrating for me. is like, you'd be in a mood and I would like be a fucking clown, like a little court jester to make you feel better. And then it would just make you mad at me. And I'm like, this is how I fix you. I didn't you. think he was funny at all. No, I was like, this is how I like, this is how whenever you're in a mood that has nothing to do with me, even though for some reason it, you made it about me in some way, I'd be like, oh, and I'll say some shit or do some things and whatever, make you laugh. And it's like normal, you know, it's like, that's how when you're in a, it's like how I'm care for role. you. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like, true. Like, it's your emotional availability. Yeah. I'm like, hey, I'll make you feel better. We just make things worse. So then I just stopped saying anything. And I was like, this is fucking stupid. I hate this. And, but I knew it wasn't your fault. I wasn't like I was mad at you. But then it's just like we couldn't even have even, we couldn't even really have like conversations. The whole thing was just like really hard for me to navigate, needing to like one, you're like a big outlet for me, <laughs> so that's a big part of it. And then two, it's like I didn't even feel like, because the, it was so touchy, I didn't even feel like I could even have any kind of conversation about almost anything. Mm-hmm. So it was weird. So what was it to just give a little context? Because I remember you saying that it wasn't even about us actually like pursuing the act of having threesomes and bringing other women in it was that we couldn't even banter about it well that was that and like where does this go now that we're getting it's getting more real i felt like it was something like what do we get you know what do we want later like what do you want what is this like what does this look like down the road you know just like you still have sex sexuality like our sexuality doesn't change that much you know it ebbs it changes hormonally of course for you but even with me like i feed off of that so it's like it's we're both in that together kind of but we weren't even, it was like, not even, it was just like, I don't know. It's like the whole vibe changed 
and it wasn't something I could even talk about. It just felt different. Well, I it's think, hard to explain. I can't, it's hard to make words. At, well, make, I'm going to make words of what you're trying to say. I think what happened in a big way is that I emotionally shut down and was not available to any of it. And Connor felt like, oh God, is this going to be my life now? She's, is she against this? Because part of what had to come up was that I basically blamed you for manipulating me into having threesomes and being into women. Yeah, that was weird. That was a rough time. I was fucking pissed. But I actually, I, I genuinely, and you had a right to be, that's really I hard. I forgot about that. I was yeah. not, I was like, the fuck are you talking about, dude? But I genuinely <laughs> believed that at the time. Just like yeah. the way, so for people well, who I mean, don't know. Understanding that, hang on a second. Understanding that hormones, and this is, okay, so I've, doing anabolics taught me this. And this is one thing that really helped me like, so like steroids, right? And I always did like lower dose, but in college, I, I noticed something in college when I did my first round of like Decatest stack, classic 12 week, 14 week cycle, whatever it was. And I was also studying anatomy and physiology and exercise sports science and stuff. So I was getting into this kind of shit and I realized this, how much hormones influence the way you think. It's a different thing. This is why people talk about like roid rage and stuff like that. That's deeply like, that's probably somebody who's deeply insecure and angry already. And that just brings it out of you. And for me, I became very like even more loud and more gregarious. It's like, it just, it just amplified my personality. You, you get louder. Well, awesome. that, I was in college. <laughs> in college, I was like pretty insecure anyways, but it, hel- it, like, it, it actually helped a lot, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. But me being just more confident. I was also fucking stacked. So it was like, it was a different thing. But it's like that gave me insight. And then coming off of testosterone after competing in strength sports, I went through like essentially like a period for a month. It was like I was emotional all the time. It's like you just you just understand like hormones. I didn't know that. I know how much of an influence hormones have on just like the way you think, the things you do, how assertive you are, how passive you are, how aggressive. It's like all these things are influenced by hormones. It's like not even that's why I think free will is like this really iffy thing. It's like, yeah, well, like if your dopamine is shit or your hormones are imbalanced, like how much will do you have to even make a different decision? That's interesting. You know, so it's like one of those things where I try and think about that lens. But whenever you're like attacking me, I'm like, well, that, that's not appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that actually makes sense. Cause I didn't feel like I had any free will for the last seven months. I felt yeah. like I was being controlled by an external it was source. Like all reactionary. Everything yeah. was reactionary. Yeah. It was really intense. I just felt completely out of control. And so for people who don't know the pill and hormones in general can cause you to, it basically changes pheromones and the way you're attracted to people. So that's what happens a lot of times women will be on birth control for a long time and then they'll and they'll be in a relationship they'll come off of it and they'll no longer be attracted to their partner. It's a huge issue. And that's what I was going through. I wasn't really attracted to you. I didn't think you were funny. I like physically was like not into it and I also started questioning everything because I wasn't feeling attracted to women at all either. I was super insecure. I wanted nothing to do with it. And I started thinking like, oh, wow, I let this guy talk me into feeling this way and wanting to do these things. And that's not what I want. And so I was so overwhelmed by all these feelings. We just got married. I'm not attracted to you. I'm like, never mind. I'm not bisexual. (laughs) It was so scary. And so I was coming at you all the time and I wanted nothing to do with threesomes. I didn't want to talk about desires. Well, and you were also like bloated, which I could also understand was like fuck with your head oh, because totally. you're emotional and then like you're not really like that pregnant yet or even even at all like when on the hormones and stuff. So I can get that like your body feels like shit. You feel super soft and bloated. Right. You feel gross. You feel resentful because you're having to do go through all that while I'm just like living my life and doing my thing and trying, you know, I'm like 
I gotta get the fuck away from this lady because yeah. she's driving me crazy. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I wanted to get away from myself. It makes you feel better. It's like, how do I escape her? <laughs> Can I be in a coma? She's for annoying. This? <laughs> um, yeah, so I think it was really hard. And I it took a while for us to be able to talk about things, but I think once I finally entered second trimester, I felt my brain shift. Yeah. And I felt like I was in my body again. And I started to feel attractive. And I was like, excited about having boobs and I was okay with getting bigger because I had an eating disorder when I was younger. And so as soon as I started gaining weight and I weighed myself, I fucking panicked because I've just, it's just not how I am. And I'm a relatively small, tall person. So I just was like, Oh God, I'm gaining weight. And so it was just a lot of things that I think I had to overcome. And then I don't remember exactly what happened or what we were talking about, but it was like all of a sudden one day, like we were talking about other women again. Yeah, you were like, I need some titties in my face. Yeah, I probably did say that. <laughs> you did say that. Um, <laughs> but it just feels... We brought it up in bed one time. And I, yeah. we talked about that on the, oh, yeah. on the open late episode, yeah. Yeah, and you weren't having it. I was just not getting involved. I no. was like, say what you need to say. Yeah. It's going to be here. It's existing. I just, I felt sort of guilty for not being the way that we were. Yeah. And... I realized what it was doing to us, both of us. I really believe in freedom of expression and being able to be who we are. And I felt like both of us were suppressed, you know? Well, yeah. I mean, but it was part of a bigger thing, which I I, is, it made it, it wasn't like it was, it was hard, but it wasn't like, this is fucking stupid. It was like, it's just, this is what it is. And that's how, that's a, like, it, it's just like a temporary thing for a better payoff. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's yeah. more important, like, like having this a year of whatever, is not as important to me as a kid by any stretch of the imagination. Right, but so it's like, I, then I could always keep that in mind. Like, but what I will say is that you just kept thinking this is how it was going to be. Well, I just wasn't sure. You weren't giving me the benefit of the doubt at all, which I think wasn't really very fair. You weren't giving yourself the benefit of the doubt either. Because I was on hormones. I understand. But it so was confusing. it's like one of us needed to give me the benefit of the doubt and it wasn't going to be me. Well, when you're telling me that I manipulated you into liking women. I know, and but even I'm like, before I'm like, that. Well, I'm not even bringing that up again. What do you mean? It's like you never like this is one of the hardest things about seven months of shit before now is this is like pre pregnancy stuff. This was or even early pregnancy because I was still on hormones until I was 10 weeks pregnant. Yeah, it was like I needed you to remind me of who I was. And to know that that person was still there, but she was altered. Well, Now I know that because I've been through this experience next time around. I'll be like, oh, okay, I Dude, it was just, it was as surprising was to me as you. I, okay. I, I, why would I, I was like, that shit crossed my mind, but I'm like, I could also be wrong. I don't know. Yeah. I had no idea what to expect. Yeah. I was flying blind. So I'm like, just trying to, you know. Cause I, I relied on the girls, my girls for that. They, cause one day I called Megan Curry. I was in the sauna having a meltdown and I literally was like, I don't think I should have married Connor. I think I want a divorce did I make the wrong decision? And she literally like point by point went through all the reasons I married you. <laughs> the gr- You need to thank the girls. Go you should back. probably send them all flowers because they're the only reason you're still in this house. Um, <laughs> but like literally the girls did such a good job of reminding me who I was, why I loved you, why we were doing this, all the reasons I wanted to be a mom. And it pulled me out of my own shit yeah. when I couldn't see clearly. And I felt like that's what I needed from you. But you kept not giving me the benefit of the doubt. You kept being like, well, this is who you are. And I guess we're never going to have a threesome again. And like, you're not who you said you were. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't even know what fucking side is up right now. You know? Yeah. And that was really hard for me. I was in a, it was hard. 
it was really hard. I didn't do a very good job of that for sure. Well, towards, I feel like I was, to be honest, it was like, I would feel like I was good for a long time. And I'm so grateful we don't have to go through all the other shit, extraction stuff. Because I think that was like, it just weighed, I reached a point where I was like, I'm so confused. (laughs) I don't know what the fuck is going on. And it like, which was fine for like six months. But like the last month I was like, I'm fucking lost. You reached a breaking And you know, point. I'm fucking confused, bro. You're fucking confused. I'm like, I don't know what's, you know, I'm just, I was in the same boat. And yeah. like, energetically, like just the house was like that. Like the whole vibe was like that. It fucking sucked. It was, um, yeah, it was weird. Yeah. What? You definitely lost the benefit of the doubt after a certain amount of time. I will say that. That's true. Confirmed. That I did? For me. Because mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know. I know you were saying all kinds of crazy shit. I know you're like, well, can we be co-parents? I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, dude? Like, we're fucking married. Did I really say that? Yes. Oh god. I was like, are you on meth? What is happening right now? I mean, you did say that part of the reason you knew that I was the person you wanted to marry is that if we did ever get divorced, we'd be, I'd be a great co-parent. That's an important thing to realize. It's like, could you like, like, if this all, yeah, it's just like a worst case scenario thing. If this all goes to shit, like, is it going to be? Why do you think I would be good at that? I just think it's your rational. I was, I was. A, oh, I'm a, a rational person, huh? <laughs> yeah, but like I'm the child of divorce, right? So I saw yeah. like awkward kid, hot drop offs, uh-huh. people getting in. Like my mom, my stepmom got in a fist fight in the front yard one time. It was like I oh, was Robin. I was around that shit. You know what I mean? So it's like I'm like that's a that's just a thing for me. It's like yeah, like I yeah, marriage is cool and everything, but like a lot of people get divorced for various different reasons. Like can you know is it going to impact? Is it going to impact our kids in a negative way? Type right. Of thing? Which is just, it's an important thing to be like, is this person mature enough to have like that kind of relationship with somebody who's also the parent of their children? I mean, I never thought about that. So it was interesting when you brought that up. If you had three lived, years if ago, you had lived through it. Oh, 100%. It's a different conversation. Right. Yeah, yeah. I just never dealt with it. Okay. So how has sex. Got real white trash in my life for a while there. Well, <laughs> that's another show. <laughs> what has sex been like for you? Since I've been pregnant and like actually showing, not just like, yeah, like recently. Yeah. Not the first um, six weeks. The last, I guess the past week or so, a couple weeks, it's just different. Cause I don't like, it can't push you in the, like when you're heavier. So I like moving you around is, I mean, you're already yeah. a large person. So it's like, I can usually, I'm, I'm big too. So I could, it works out. But like now it's like moving you around. Like when I pulled you to the other bed yesterday, I was like, whoa. Really? I gotta fucking put some, fucking put some umph into here. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> But like also like you don't positions are different like things are just like every like the geometry is different which yeah. is cool it's fun it's different like this we just get creative you know yeah I'm like oh I've never been here before mm. so that's kind of like that it's just like a different experience I mean you handle it differently because there's like a lot going on inside of you and then you add a little more inside of you things get you know yeah. but it's been fun it's just different it's like novelty kind of it's like oh this is interesting. My boobs are so big, which I feel like has been the biggest theme for you. I don't, that isn't, I prefer them the other way. I know. Isn't that funny? Yeah. I, just, I definitely prefer them like this. Oh, <laughs> uh, Liam's going to like zoom in on your boobs. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you need to zoom in. They're like pretty they're much zooming, there. They're yeah. zooming themselves they're in. Zooming. Um, it was so funny because I was talking to somebody and she was saying like late in her third trimester her husband was behind her because there's only so many positions you can do like when you have a ginormous belly. Yeah. And so he was, I think they were standing at the sink or something and he was like fucking her from behind, but he was holding onto her stomach and the baby kicked his hand while he was fucking her and he was like screamed. I was like, oh my God. We need to, we need to watch like, Knocked what? Up. I know. She's like, what? And he's like, that baby just kicked me. <laughs> 
like, I can't do this anymore. What is it? Was like, no, I don't want you to fuck me like a dog. <laughs> I definitely want you to fuck me like a dog. <laughs> oh my god, that's such a good movie. I need to go back and watch. You should watch that tonight. Is there any part of it that's weird for you though? No. Yeah. Thank God. What's weird? I don't know. Some people don't like it. I don't know. I feel like we I, have as much sex as we had before. Yeah, if not in. more. Yeah, maybe more now. I feel like you're very sexually attracted to me, which feels really nice. Yeah, I make an effort, Frank. Yeah, but I also feel like you're just, you're attracted to me being pregnant. No, I'm faking it. <laughs> it's all fake. I hate you. I just pretend. I'm like, who's this fat cow waddling <gasps> around my house? <laughs> I was kidding. <laughs> no, you're hot. You're, you're hot pregnant. You know? Yeah. You should see my search history. I was gearing up for it. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Weird pregnant fetish. Yeah. It's cured nutrition and I put it in my body. It makes me feel good and moist inside. Lubes up my joints with CBD. <laughs> when you said body, I thought you were going to say put it in my butt. Yeah. You on, on brand for this episode? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I'm so tired. Anyways, cured nutrition, guys. You need it. They got lots of good stuff. You guys, whenever I go and see my friends or people come over, they literally ask me if they can have some cured. I yeah. mail it to Canada. I, I get it's all stolen from us because everyone wants, especially yeah. the Zen and the nightcaps. People are fucking savages. Yeah, and they want those little those little euphoria beverages too. And they oh my god, still mind those sons of bitches. I don't, I'm so glad that Joe comes over when we have people over because he brings a bunch with him, with him so I don't have to deal with giving people mine because you know. can't have that shit, dude. That's my go juice right people there. People love I listen to that it. When I, I drink that when I'm doing the pot. I drink it at night, too. It's so good because it doesn't have caffeine, so it's no. perfect. A little vitamin D in there. It's got all the good goods, man. It tastes so good. The lemon lime is muy bueno. Yeah? Yeah, I like it. Is, yeah. that, is that released yet? Are we pre-release? No. Well, you should get it regardless when it does drop if it has not dropped yet. Yeah. Using the link in the show notes of this show. I like the crisp apple the most. Well, you're wrong. So, but anyways, you guys should buy everything. Just fucking do it. Sack up. Sack up. Get some dog treats for your for your four legged frame. Dog treats. And uh, Zen nightcaps and the raw CBD caps. Those are the that's the that's the fucking jam right there. That's your base pack right there. So good. Go. Sleep good. Fuck good. Get yourself together. Cured nutrition. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can go to the link in the show notes. You'll get 20% off. It's definitely 8 p.m. right now. <laughs> use our code. Yeah, we never record this late. So apologies. Okay, so I am back in my routine of making Organify red and green in the morning and yeah, Connor no, stealing it. I, started, <laughs> I, like, I, saw, I was like, oh, Kelly's back in the back on the game. Well, we had our midwife come over today and I was just trying to be super hydrated because I have to, you know, pee in a cup for her and do all the things. And so I was chugging my green. And you know what's good about the green? What? That little minty kick. Yeah, it's the mint matcha. Oh, whatever it is. Got a little mint. It's like, so Ooh. good. That's why I hate other green powders because they taste like fucking trash. Are you talking about that other green powder that sponsors Joe Rogan's podcast? Yeah, which Fuck I Fuck those hate. guys, dude. I'm sorry. I just... Fucking Bush League bullshit. Don't like it. Organifi Green is the only green powder I've ever had that I love. And then I started the day with green and then I drank the red the rest of the day. And it's so good. Plus, it's 900 degrees here. So I am just like drinking a lot. Dude, I can't drink enough. I can't drink enough. The dogs can't drink enough. I'm just thirsty all the time. Yeah, the dogs. I, think, so dry. I feel like I wonder if you can get the dogs organify. <laughs> They're like so thirsty. Um, anyways, <laughs> love everything about this, especially in the summer. It quenches your thirst. 
helps with you know blood flow, all the things, a little bit of energy kick. Blood flow, right? The matcha, butterfly, so it's right to my dick. Right. To after your I, dick. I drank like three sips, and all of a sudden I was just fully torqued. How come you didn't fuck me then? Well, I was the midwife was here. Oh. Yeah. She probably thought it was her. And, her, and my sister-in-law. <laughs> yeah. That's, it was inappropriate time. Not appropriate. But you guys can go to Organifi.com slash OKBabe and you will get 20% off. The last company I want to tell you about is there's a guy. He's in my mastermind. His name's James. And he created this company called Mineralized. You've probably seen me share a ton about it on social. It is a non-toxic deodorant that I am so, so, so obsessed with. It is a powder, which I love. And I use the grapefruit and the lavender, but you apply it with a sponge and it goes on white, but it immediately disappears and it won't stain your clothes or anything. But here's the feedback I'm getting from literally everyone who's been buying this, which is a lot of people who have been listening to me, which is super cool. It is the only non-toxic deodorant that has worked for so many people. It doesn't have baking soda, so it's not going to irritate you. You don't sweat through it. So you're not going to be dripping. It is serving as an antiperspirant. It is completely natural. And the packaging is super eco-friendly, so no plastic involved. I absolutely love this company. I highly recommend you check it out. They have a sample pack that you can check out. You can try different scents. But I'm seriously telling you guys, best deodorant I've ever used. Every single person who's purchased it so far has DM'd me like this is truly the best I've ever had. And I feel like this is kind of a common pain point for all of us is we can't find good deodorant that's clean. So try out Mineralize. If you go to mineralized.com and use the code Kelly10, you'll get a discount. And please message me if it works for you, how you like it, what sense you like, so I can tell more people about it because it seems like the one thing that we're all sort of missing in our medicine cabinet. So mineralized.com, Kelly10, and get your discount. Smell nice, friends. Okay, so <laughs> I have been waiting all day to tell you about this. Oh, God. <laughs> Because I like to use this show as a place to tell you things for the first time. Yep. And people can experience your yep. real-time reaction. Okay. Okay. So last night. Was <laughs> <laughs> this the thing you weren't going to tell me? Yeah. Oh, my God. So I was on my friend Monica Yates' podcast today. Yeah. And I asked her for permission on the show because I was like, I need you to tell me that it's okay that I tell Connor this on Okay Babe. And she's like, I told the whole story on her show. Yeah. She's like, you should definitely tell him. So I got her stamp of approval. Thank you, Monica. Okay. So two days ago, I was literally begging Connor to fuck me in the ass. I was like, I need anal so bad. (laughs) Please, dear God, give it to me. So my husband being the most amazing man in the whole world, was like, I shall give you what you asked for. So yesterday he's like, you know, doing all the talk and like moving me around and whatever. And he's like talking about fucking me in the ass. I'm like, yes, here for it. So first we get started and I'm like dry. Second trimester, I have a dry pussy. It's just kind of rough for me. Okay. First trimester, I was super wet. Now I'm just dry even when I'm horny. So I'm like, I need lube. So I'm telling him I need lube. I just bought more woo because Theo ate all of our coconut lube. I almost ate this whole job. So I, I bought two new tubes of the lube. I'm like, I need it. And he's like, no, you don't. It's fine. So we start having sex. I start realizing that him having his dick inside of me with the baby that is feeling enormous right now makes me need to pee now. Okay. So I'm like laying there getting fucked. Like, God damn it. I really got to pee. So that's the first thing that's crossed my mind. Right. Then you're like trying to pull me to the end of the bed and I'm just a fucking whale and it's awkward. And you're like, scoot down. You don't just like pull me down like you used to. And I'm like, God damn it. I'm huge. So I'm like thinking all these things (laughs) I'm like Jesus Christ. So then I go in and 
he's like, you need the lube. And I'm like, yeah, I need the lube. So he's like, go get it. So I go get it. And he's like, oh, go bring your toy too. And I'm like, okay. And then I keep walking to the bathroom. You're like, where are you going? I'm like, I'll be right back. I have to pee. Baby is pushing. Penis is pushing. So I go pee, come back, bring all the things. He's fucking me again. Then he wants, he says, I want your mouth on my dick. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, just so you guys know, I have not gone down on him since I've been pregnant. I threw up every day, multiple times a day for like eight weeks. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, great. Connor also is like more apt to want someone else to go down on him than his <laughs> wife, Are you like which watching? I'm totally you- here yeah. for. I love watching girls go down on him. So whatever. I also love sucking his dick. This is so graphic. Okay. So. <laughs> getting real aggressive. I'm super uncomfortable that this is on the podcast. I'm like sweating in red again. I was sweating telling Monica we were dying. So I'm like going down you on him. You a vein coming out of your tip. <laughs> I believe it. I'm sweating so much. Oh my God. So, this is how much I love you guys. Okay. So I'm like going down on him and he's like talking dirty. And he's like, do you want, <laughs> he's like, do you want it in your ass? I'm like, oh. I have like a dick in my mouth. I'm like, oh. <laughs> he says something about like, do you want me to make it hurt? Which just for the record, I like kind of rough anal sex sometimes. So he's like, fuck, so dude. he's like, so he's like saying this thing. And I'm like, no, because all I'm thinking is like, he's going to make me pee. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like having all these thoughts. Then all of a sudden, don't take a drink of that. <laughs> I literally throw up in my mouth on his dick (laughs) twice while I'm going down on you. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm going down on you, throwing up. You're talking to me. I'm like, fuck, what do I do? I'm already feeling super uncomfortable. I almost peed myself already. (laughs) I'm so embarrassed. I'm like, so pregnant. What the fuck is happening? And I'm like, I'm like, do I stop? Should I tell him I just threw up on his dick? And I'm like, no, you have to keep going. <laughs> so I literally am like swallowing my throw up, going down on you. Then you like grab me and you're like kissing me. And I'm the whole time I'm like, oh my God, is he gonna smell the throw up in my mouth? So gross. Dude. I know. But it gets better. I'm sure. So it that does. whole thing happens, and then like whatever, you do me in the butt. Everything's great. But then today I was talking to a friend of ours who's also pregnant. And I'm like, I have to tell you, I'm sweating so much right now. I'm like, I have to tell you what happened. So I'm like telling her this whole thing. And she's like, literally, this is why I refuse to go down on my boyfriend because I throw up all the time and my gag reflexes are so bad. She's like, this is my worst nightmare. You just live my worst nightmare. I just think I'm just going to puke all over his dick and it's going to be all over the bed. And then he's never going to have sex with me again. And I'm like, yeah, that was my whole night. Last night I came down to you and I was like... Am I gross? <laughs> Is that awkward? Was that okay for you? And you didn't even know what fucking happened. But I was like, I needed reassurance. It was mortifying. You seemed really stressed out about oh my God. the whole situation. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> wow, dude. Oh, so there's wow. my story. We broke a lot of laws in some states now. Yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh. Well, then, that's out there now. Okay. It's out there. Mm-hmm. Sex with me. What's in here? Oh, that's my underwear. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll consider it again. I guess <laughs> uh, we'll re- reevaluate I the asked, way I do things. I, I just asked, try to. I try to be normal. I know. I'm just trying hard. to like, treat you like you're normal, like it's normal. Yeah. 
I asked Monica, I said, do you think if I tell him the story that he's ever going to let me go down on him again? And she's like, I feel like I know Connor from social media and he'll just laugh and it'll be okay. Yeah, it's pretty funny. It's fine. I don't, I don't mind. I mean, I would prefer not to have him throw up on my dick. But <laughs> it's okay. I'm sure it's happened before. I just don't know. Oh, please, God. Girls, hit me. I need to know. I guarantee you this has happened to so many listeners. She's going to be like, yeah, I threw up on Connor's dick once. <laughs> That would be so great. Please, if that's you. Uh, I won't even judge you. Just tell me. <laughs> so that's pregnant sex. Good times. Good times. Okay. Is that the name of the podcast today? Pregnant sex? I think so. It's something like that. Yeah. Well, I don't know what else to say now. I'm just kind of reevaluating lots of things. Weird. Good times. It's just so funny because it's like, like I had a meltdown the other day because we never went to Burning Man and I haven't been to a sex party. <laughs> and I was just like so upset about it because I just feel like we've missed out. Like I would got- feel bad if I had been to a sex party, which I was like almost at one time, which would have been, I, been, I think, a really fun one. And um, I had never been to one. And yeah, but I've never been to either one of those things either. And Burning yeah. Man now is kind of fucking lame. So Yeah. But I just, it's so funny because I just, I'm so sad because I feel like we missed out on these things and now we're going to have a baby or a child, no matter what we do for the rest of our lives. And like, we didn't get to have this experience. And then you're like pregnant and you're having sex and you're trying to be normal. And it's just all these things that you just don't expect. Yeah. Like I've never done that before. I do have like in pretty intense gag reflexes, but I've never done that. And I was just, I don't know. And then like just being dry and then, you know, it's just, you know. I have to pee and I can't get in that position or like you, you were, weren't even fucking me that hard, but like I had to make you slow down. Cause it was like way too much. Cause well, there's just a, so much a, in was, my that's stomach a positioning situation. Yeah. That's a, that's an intentionally <sighs> deep position. No, I don't know. It's just all, it's just like hilarious to me every day. It's something new. I'm like, are you fucking serious right now? Yeah. Well, next time around we'll know. I was really nervous about telling you about that. Well, that's good times, babe. It's great content. That's what people are here for. I'm sorry if that was too disturbing for all of you. And I hope your children were listening in the car. They're like, yeah, that happened with you were inside of me. (laughs) Our friends were listening to the show the other day, but they waited until all their kids were asleep and they were like driving. They had a long drive. We waited until all the children were asleep and then we turned on OK Babe and I'm like, oh, your God. (laughs) Yeah. I get that from uh, Pleasant Homeless quite a bit. People are like, um, yeah, I have to wait till my kids are out of the car. And I'm like, they're like, can you cuss less? I'm like, no. no. <laughs> I don't know how. Not going to happen. <laughs> I started watching South Park way too young to watch my language. Yep. Part of the vocabulary. It's just in there. I don't know. And I think our kids will be like that too. I feel, oh. that's one thing I'm, I'm curious. Like now we can, we can set, uh, transition into talking Thank about God. kids saying I fuck. Can stop sweating. It's like, <sighs> I had this feeling and I could be completely wrong. But I'm an asshole. And I have a feeling that at least one of our children will be like me. But the thing about me was when I was young, is that I was very insecure. And I was loud and like class clown type situation. And especially my friends, my friends' parents, like I drove them crazy because I would like, I was just a smart ass. But given, but I was a fat kid, so I could get away with it. I was like Chris Farley. You know what I mean? Those are people I looked up to when I was a kid. Because they were like, oh, they're fat and people like them. You know? So I like did what they did. I don't think our kids will be there. So I'm like, huh. Because I had to have this like come to Jesus talk with myself when I was in my like early 20s. of like, hey, man, you got to quit acting like you're a fat kid because you're not anymore. And people just think you're an asshole now. Which if you were 270 pounds, you could be that way. And people think you were like jolly, funny, fat guy. 
But when you're like CrossFit athlete, fucking dickhead, you just seem like a dickhead. It's, it's weird. I mean, and you still way, have a lot of that, and I think that's why a lot of people have a hard time with you. I understand. I and I, I get it, dude. Yeah. I'm not. Uh, if somebody doesn't like me, I'm not like, oh no, you're wrong. It's like I'm just. I'm not everybody's yeah. cup of fucking tea. It's yeah. fine. But I'm like, man, I hope I don't want to rub that off on like a kid, you know. But at the same time, I'm like, but being kind of a, like being witty is like a sign of intelligence in a certain way, like being quick. And so it's like if we do get called into the fucking school because our kid popped off and said some shit, am I going to be like really that upset? Are they going to get like punished for it? Or are we going to have a conversation about when those things are appropriate or not? And just like go on with our day. I don't know. I'm confused. I'm, I'm like really confused about how all that's going to go down. I think it depends. I mean, you're definitely way more of an asshole. I'm more proper and respectful and all of those things. And so I think it'll be a blend of both. Well, like what, I mean, I've told you this, like live my ex, right? said this about me she, and it was one of the most apt things she ever said one she compared me and like a group of my friends to like different kinds of ice cream and it was after we had broken up and she was talking about some other guys that she had like was like seeing and she's like he's like this kind of ice cream it's like pretty like it was like a, I don't remember what she said but it was like vanilla kind of type of situation and then somebody else that was in our little group was like Rocky Rogues, they were basically bipolar. And you know, it was like, oh, there's like chunks here. I don't know. It's white, it's black. Who knows? But we're all over the place. She's like, you're like fucking chunky monkey, man. It's like it's my favorite ice cream ever, by the way. <laughs> Every bite's like, it's like full of God knows what. It's just like, it's a lot of things at one time. And she's like, you're also like a volume knob. Like you can be a one or you can be a 10, but it's the fucking same, same things coming out. You don't know how to change it. You just can turn it down or turn it up. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of, that's, that's true. And I'm pretty decent at like knowing when. But if I'm just like not saying much, I'm out of one. I'm saying a lot. I'm out of 10, right? Like my birthday party, I was like rambling. We're all high talking about JFK. And shit. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's like I was at a 10 when I'm with somebody's parents that I don't really know. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to be a one today, you know? And then we cut, start cutting up and it like, but it's like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to adapt my personality. Like a chameleon. I just don't have that in me. No, you do not. And I don't know how to teach somebody how to do that. Cause I don't have any fucking idea. Whereas you can do that. You're I'm like, amazing at that. you'd be in chill because you were on TV and shit. Whereas I like, just, I know how to read a room really well. well. My, I'm very well, socially aware. But my career that was advantageous for me as a coach, it's mm -hmm. crossing and doing groups of like, if you're a group, like it's like Tony Robbins is the same type of deal, right? It's like, he was a performer. You go up there and you like do create, say crazy shit. You do your thing. And that's how I learned a lot about how to present was from people like that. Yeah. So, but I don't think you're just not a very socially aware person. Like you don't notice when someone's getting annoyed with you. You don't notice when like, you're just being like so over the top. You just like are just, you just go and you don't care. And you just don't, you're not aware in that way where yeah. I'm super aware of like how people are responding to me. Who's available. Who's not like, I just know how to read a room so well. Yeah. You don't have that skill. Yeah. It's really interesting. And I think it's because you did learn to go either a one or a 10. And so you never spent time anywhere in the middle to see and to gauge where other people are in response to you. Yeah. So, but I have that skill and we have skills that the other person doesn't have. Yeah. And that's like the whole point of having balanced well, I parenting. Think even as a kid, like raising a kid, like one of my primary goals was like social integration. It's just the best thing that parents can do, in my opinion. It's mm -hmm. like raise like functioning empathetic like children that become like functioning adults yeah like i'm more worried about like the social sorting that happens in school than i am about like an education oh totally because education that's what really impacts fucking, yeah you. it's like that's how you figure your shit out yeah you know so it's like because you can be less smart and less educated but have really great social abilities or the opposite and yeah like completely fucked exactly you know so i think you're totally right yeah we'll see though <sighs>
That's what that's some Jordan Peterson stuff before he turned into like a grumpy old boomer that yells at people for being woke. Oh, really? Is that what he did? <laughs> he's fucking gone full boomer. No, dude. I mean before. No, we talked about like you, he's. I mean, he has a really good talks about parenting, about like you have you have a like a child for four years. Yeah, that's and it so goes true. away. So true. You know what I mean? It's like you have like that. Like he's like, in, you need to fucking act like you only have it for four years because it's going to be exhausting. But like you know, like there's some really good stuff in there. Now he's like at the Daily Wire and he just talks about like wokeness or whatever i don't fucking mm. know but it's like there's some really really good stuff in that about like raising full and it's like it talks about your responsibility like raise a functioning adult not like to raise a good kid raising a good kid i feel like and oftentimes and this is kind of my philosophy is like raising a good kid will can come at the cost of them being a, a good adult because what happens obedience i think is a problem i think being like like the idea that you need to do what you're told just because someone told you is I think I think that's that's it's it makes it very convenient for a parent if your kids are are submissive in that way, mm-hmm. but I don't think it lends to being a good thinker. I don't think it mean, lends to taking risks and asking good questions. Like I fully expect my kids to like challenge teachers, yeah, on a regular basis, and us, yeah, and me, yeah. And it's mm-hmm. like there's no I, and they're like because I said is like very rarely going to be a reason unless it's actually the reason right yeah <laughs> it's like you know what i mean it's like that's not that because i said it's not a fucking reason like and that's a, the funny thing with kids like i like to treat kids like they're little adults and treat adults like they're big kids that's i mean that's it's weird it. It's, is it but it's like that doesn't make sense really but it does it's like I mean, oh because so it's like we, especially when i was coaching it's like you gotta understand that you're talking to like when you're talking to somebody vulnerably it's like you're talking to wherever that person was when that thing yeah, happened their inner child yeah, yeah but not always it could be a you could be in your twenties and a thing happened that changed. And that's, I actually listened yeah. to a podcast with uh, Lex Friedman about trauma the other day. I was, I haven't finished it, but I started it and it was this psychologist talking about the defining trauma, which I haven't ever heard. And it was like something that happens in your life that changes the way you think about yourself in a negative way. Mm. Right. So things can happen to you all the time that change what you think, right? You have totally. a conversation. It's, things can change the way you think, but change the way you think that impacts you in a negative way. And I'm like, Oh, so some people can experience like PTSD from war and some people cannot from the same exact experience in the same situation. And it's like, it's so subjective. So trauma is a very subjective thing. It gets overused for sure. Yes. But it's like, okay. Cause I now always used to say that it's like the 16 year old kid who didn't get the Maserati for her birthday on my super sweet 16 and got a Jetta instead. Like for her, that's trauma for some fucking reason. You know, she internalizes that as her not being worth a hundred thousand dollar car as a 16 year old, you know, whatever that is. Cause her parents but to her, that in her. Yeah. But for her, that's as traumatic as something else that, you know, it's like embarrassing, whatever it is, you know? Right. So it's just a strange, it's like a lot of things like that are coming up and just like thinking about that more and more. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing, you only have kids for four years makes so much sense to me because I feel like so much of what you and I talk about in our relationship, our drivers, our fears, yeah. it always goes back to those first formative years of our life. It's yeah. like, Oh, this happened oh, I see how that's still dictating how I make decisions or how I view the world. You know, like, I mean, this is such an interesting example, but it reminds me of the way you watched your grandfather take care of the family and your grandmother and show his love. And that when we were struggling during IVF, you were doing the same thing that you watched your grandfather do. Yeah. And you hadn't verbalized it before, but that was just so ingrained in you that you were like, oh no, something hard is happening. Okay, this is how I'm going to show up. Okay, do physical labor. This is how I show love. (laughs) And it's just so funny because it's not even like you had to think about it. It's just, it's who we are. And I do the same thing with like my mom manipulating me and being obedient and like people pleasing, all of those things. Like those are just driving forces of who I am. That didn't happen at 20. That happened at two, three, four years old. Yeah, I mean, that's the same reason I won't let my mom take the kids to church. Right. 
Like it's like, and it's like, hey, they can be Christians if they want, and they get to make that decision as young adults. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to have to have a conversation about how you should be scared of hell as a fucking six year old. Right. Like I'm not. We're not having. That's not going to be. No. That's like. So it's like I. But I understand that, right? Same thing with any other any other thing. Any other like, I prefer not to indoctrinate my kids into any kind of really belief system. Well, I thought this was so funny. Katie Calder and I were talking, and I wanted her to do the human design for our baby, and you were like, no. You're like, you're not indoctrinating our child into this belief system. Yeah. So when I say you're not, you're not telling your kids who they are before they figure it yeah. out themselves. <laughs> and I had never thought about it that way. And I don't know that I completely agree with you still, but I really appreciated that perspective because it challenged me because I'm thinking, but human design for me as a 30 something year old woman was incredibly helpful. Like the Enneagram, mm -hmm. just understanding the structure of myself and how I act and blah, blah, blah. But I could see where you're coming from and that you're telling a child who they are before they ever have the chance to discover. I had the chance to discover and then I had the framework. Exactly. That's so interesting. I just never thought it's of a, it it's, a, it's a belief-based ideology. Totally. It's, not, it's not a fact-based ideology. It might resonate and maybe it has trends, but all kinds of beliefs do. Right. So it's like, whatever. But it's yeah. like, that's not, I don't think that that's appropriate for like the human design. Uh, maybe you could do it for yourself or just to yeah. know, but like. You know, and then maybe when you see it, like you're like, oh, well, yeah, but like, it's not, I don't think it's necessary to be like, well, you're a Enneagram eight wing four as a seven year old. So that's why you're being this way. It's like, oh, you then also that teaches a kid to like deflect responsibility onto a preordained idea of who they are. Yeah. And to wrap their identity for, into something. Exactly. It's yeah. like, oh, I have this deficiency because I'm a, I'm an eight, three, whatever the fuck, you know, it's like, no. That's not how that works. That's, mm -hmm. not, that's not like, and the kids will do that because they find, and especially when they get to that age, when they're like four or five, where they're like, I mean, even older, where they like to start pushing their boundaries and figuring out what they can get away with. <laughs> it's like, well, like I would love it though if they came back. What, what are human design characteristics? Like, what do they call it? Manifester, manifesting. Yeah. Generator. So whenever they get in trouble, they'll be like, oh, I'm just a projector. Yeah. That'll be real fun. So let's not arm our kids with that fucking intelligence beforehand. I mean, you are a projector and I am a manifester. Maybe you can do it for their graduation. Yeah. You can have Katie do it. I don't know. I feel like we might have to fight with Katie over this. I but. will gladly do so. <laughs> and she will lose. <laughs> I love you, Katie. But oh, my God. I picked this hill to die on. Yeah. But it's principled, right? It is. Because I was like, oh, yeah, well, my, so they can't go to church, but they can do this other belief-based ideology. It's like, no, they can decide that shit for so, themselves. Okay, so here's my question is, based on what you're saying, then how do you teach kids about belief, spirituality? religion in a very neutral way and i will definitely find books slash write them about this kind of stuff i think it's really important i think there's like and even if you take just like the primary six seven religions that exist and like take the good nuggets out of those things and put those in a kid's book that's a, i think it's a great way to do it i mean i think there's like common trends that you can stick with like about you know the golden rule, like treat your neighbor as you want to be treated type of thing. Like that's pretty, that's, 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 that doesn't exist. That's not like a Christian thing. Yeah. Right. Like Christians use that like terminology, humanity. but I can go, I can go find the Bhagavad Gita over there and find the same shit in different language that was written in Sanskrit instead of Hebrew. Like it doesn't, you know what I'm saying? So it's like looking at it that way. And I think there's like meditation for kids is something I've studied a little bit of, but I even like getting into, and I need to start reading these now because it's getting to be that time, but like the whole brain child by Dan Siegel, stuff like that. So like really leaning on these people who I find, have a spiritual bend, but they're not, that's not their practice, right? Like I would look at him before I would look at like Tara Brock for a kid because she's a Buddhist teacher and he's a psychologist or a psychiatrist and he works with childhood development and talks about brain development. So that kind of stuff is like, it's more grounded in reality, which I 
have a, and that's also why I like Buddhism though, because it's not really a, a, a religion, so to speak. It's like a practice. So what are, what would you do when your kid comes to you and this is how you've taught them to be? And they say, do you believe in God? Like, what is God? What about heaven and hell? If you're trying to be neutral. And have a very honest conversation about them. About like, your experience? It depends on what age they are. Like, how old are they? Give me a, set the stage for me here. I don't know, seven. Seven? Oh, seven-year-old is like, um, pfft, ask me about God and heaven and hell. I just talk about how God means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And so does heaven and so does hell. And Fair. What, whatever, no matter what anybody tells you, like nobody actually knows if any of those things are real. You got to make your decision for yourself on what your own hell and heaven are. You being such a good dad already to the burrito. <laughs> I like that. I no, I mean, it's I like, like that's that. it's like, it's like, there's a lot of different, and this is, that's the thing is like, you know, who knows? Right. Oh, like that's, I agree. that's the cool part about it. And then I also look, look at that. as like, oh, that's scary. It's like, that's cool. That's the cool part of life. Like you get to go out in this fucking crazy rock that we, that's spinning around the sun. Right. And like figure out what resonates with you. And that's, you know. Just give them the tools to be able to make good decisions for themselves. Yeah, I think that's exactly. Although it. I won't be disappointed if our kids are gay, I won't be disappointed in very lots of things. They don't play sports, like well, that'll be hard. But certain things, if my kids become Christian, I'll be I'll I'll have a hard time with that. I'll struggle yeah. with that big time. But that just that, that's me. That's my own shit. That's not them. They can yeah. do whatever the fuck they want to do. That's where mom steps in. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I won't be thrilled. Trust me, but I didn't have the same experience you did. I was like yeah. a wannabe Catholic. Yeah, and my mom didn't really buy into any of that so yeah but it's interesting it'll be interesting to have these kind of conversations like the sex and drug talks will be weird it's just a weird time yeah someone was talking about like their oh i think it was michaela peterson and someone about this girl on only fans and your child's gonna find all this stuff and be naked on only fans and like what kind of mother are you whatever and i was like one of our kids is going to find all the OK Babe episodes and hear about me puking and <laughs> going down on dad. So I there's mean, that. I don't think it's like, one, I think kids will be like, their friends will find it. It's a bit more a problem than them finding it. But at the same time, it's like, dude. I don't know. I just don't. And also, our kids are going to grow up in a completely different world than we exactly. are. And who knows what the fuck's going to go on. They yeah. may all just be they thems by the time, by 2040. Who fucking knows what's going on? Yeah. So it's like. These next generations are very fluid. Yeah. And also like looking at it being like, hey man, like you grew up in a different world and like talking about mine, like walking, you know, the equivalent of walking uphill both ways to school in the snow. Barefoot. Yeah. Yeah. That whole shit. It's like, that's, that's, a, that's a trope for a reason. And Yeah. I just always want our kids to feel I think my mom did this really well. She just took it to a very manipulative extreme. But my mom did a really good job of creating a safe environment for me to always tell her things mm -hmm. and be honest with her, which is why, at, you know, in seventh grade, I told her I was having suicidal thoughts and she was able to take me to the counselor and help me mm -hmm. within the first week that it was happening. So I'm I'm so grateful for the way she created that. And I, I, I want our kids to feel that way, that no matter what's coming up, whether yeah. you're gay or you love Jesus or whatever is coming up that you have a space where you can come talk to your parents and not feel judged and get guidance or support or whatever that looks like. Yeah. And I don't think, yeah, that's important. I think yeah. for sure. And it's just not getting in their way when they're trying to figure things out. And that's the thing too, is like letting kids fuck up. I think is important too. Yeah. But I, there's certain things like we've had this conversation. It's like certain things that I grew up, like my granddad, like beating into my head. Like if you start, and this is something that I struggle with. It's like, if you start something, you'll finish it. Right. You know, that's what people have this conversation too about like participation trophies. And I have like a different view of this as somebody who is an athlete and you're an athlete, you got more trophies than I did. Sure. Right. But I think there's a place 
that kids should get rewarded for finishing a thing. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times, especially as kids, when it's like there's a handful of standout athletes, they get picked on the best teams, they beat the shit out of everybody. And essentially, like I, I think it's harder for a kid, right, to be on a team that sucks and get your ass kicked every single week in every oh, single yeah. game and keep coming back and keep playing. I'm more impressed with that kid than I am with the team that won. That team's going to keep winning. Those kids that were good, that were a foot taller than everybody or like old for their grade, whatever it is, they're going to keep winning. They, they won. They get the big trophy. They win. But I think there's some kind of like ribbon or acknowledge, like maybe a smaller trophy. You know, it's like, hey, man, like you finished. And it's like not like you didn't win. And it's very clear you didn't win. It's not the same size as the winning team or the first, second, third teams. But like I remember even in, in discus and I wasn't great at that, but I did it. And I would get like sixth or seventh place at a track meet and I'd get like a ribbon and like, that's cool. It wasn't like a, the cool one. Like they didn't get most of me yeah. was ribbons at, at track meets. It was like either a big one right. or different colors and different stuff. And you get letters for your letter jacket and shit like that. But it's like, I think there's a place for like, Hey man, like you finished a thing, you know, and, and being a healthy loser. Like there's a lot of really important things you can learn through that stuff. So I have like a different take on that. I'm like kind of in the middle with, as, with many things, but like the participation trophy thing, I'm like, I think the reward for finishing is important. And I think that that teaches kids a good lesson. Cause that's all that these sports and shit like that are for, for kids It's like teach them good lessons, but I think how to win, how to lose. I agree with you. But where I struggle on that is at such a place in my life where if I would never want to force someone to keep doing something that they don't want to do, we don't have to do it next season. But it, when, it, when a group of people relies on you to finish a thing, yeah, you got to show up. I struggle with that. I know. That's why me being dead on the inside helps. I can look at a kid crying and be like, don't care. You're going to practice tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. I just don't know that I believe in that. Why not? Cause I think I was forced to do a lot of things I didn't want to do. And I did them all and I finished them and I excelled at them because it was more important to me to be validated and to make people proud than to actually honor how I felt. And like, you're not allowed to quit. And I just, I don't know. I think I, I was actually thinking about this the other day and you know, this could, could go on forever, but I spent so much of my life so focused, so driven, so achievement based. And I did all the things and I made all the people proud. I think I'm still coming off of that. Mm-hmm. I think I'm still very much on the opposite side because my pendulum had to swing. Mm-hmm. and. I'm so curious what the next few years looks like of me finding more of that middle ground of like even the idea of working hard and pushing yeah, workouts, like being uncomfortable, not wanting to do it and doing it anyway. I did that for so much of my life. And then I was so sick and still pushed myself and like drove my mm. body into the ground that I'm so on the other side of like, if I don't feel like doing it, I just don't do it. And what I'm realizing, well, that's healthy sometimes, but you got to meet in the middle somewhere. Right. But that's what I'm saying is I think I'm finally starting to see how it's important to push yourself, even if you don't want to do it and you're uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But I, for the last four or five years, since leaving TV, since getting healthy, I've just really gone to the other side. Which is, I mean, I think that's super important. Yeah. Like, I was like lost after like CrossFit uh, stuff was over mm-hmm. and I was burned out on that. And I just had no, I didn't like, it was so, I had gone from like football to then like, college life which scratched a lot of those itches into like that it's like i always had a thing and i didn't have a thing mm-hmm. I, don't know I get it but i just think that like there's so many benefits i got in my life being forced to finish things that i started and i wasn't great at it and i it's like i think it's also just like my compensation for me knowing that like our kids will have that same like what do they say 
that boy's got a lot of quit in him. <laughs> you know what I mean, it's like, I don't want to do that. You know, it's, it's like, you have to almost like hardwire that out of yourself, you know, whereas now I get to work and like work out. And one of the best things for me, as far as like, when it comes to like workout stuff was getting to the point in my life where I knew I was never going to be able to do the things I used to be able to do. Like yeah. it's never going to happen again. Like I'm never deadlifting 600 pounds again. I'm not going to jerk 400. I'm not snatching 400 or 300. It's like, you know, I'm not cleaning 400. Like these are these things that I like were milestones for me that I almost got to. It's like, they're never happening. So just go fucking work out to be healthy. Right. <laughs> and like make it suck a little bit, but don't, you know, don't, you don't have to beat your dick in the dirt all the time. You know, you're not Jocko Willink. You're not a Navy SEAL. Like get fit, go hunt elk and have a good time. Play golf, you know, but I can like do a workout for an hour and a half a day and then go hit golf balls and I'm cool. But it's like, it, it, I've gotten to the point where like it feeds into my life and I see like tangible results of like doing that. But again, a lot of that came from somebody on my, you know, breathing down my neck telling me to fucking do the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I just went so far above and beyond and excelled so much that I just like I never listened to my body and I always did what you were supposed to do. And I always finished and I always went, you know, over the top. And now I'm just like. For the last four years, it's just I can't do that. I like I can't live that way anymore. So now it's like, what is that happy medium for me? And I don't know what that is, but I think that's going to feed into how I parent our children. But don't you think about when it comes to kids like erring on the side of finishing? Is the, yeah. is the, it's, you're you're going to get more out of finishing. The, are you, what are you going to get out of quitting? No, I get that. I you think know? it's just learning to like honor yourself if you really don't want to do something. But like I say that I came home to my mom after the first day of volleyball tryouts at 10 years old and I was so bad and I hated it and I was so upset about it. And she was like, I really want you to do this. She knew I could be really good at it. She was like, if you go tomorrow and you ask questions and you ask for help and you're still wanting to quit, then you can quit. And I went the next day and I asked questions and I got help and I was fucking bomb. And I came home and I was so happy and I was so excited. And she was like, so, and I was like, I love volleyball. And she made me go back the next day. You know, I've never told you this. I don't think I've ever told anybody this in my life. First day of football practice, seventh grade. Skipped it. I went home. I was scared. I've never told anybody that. Wow. My granddad was so pissed. He was fucking livid. He was so mad at me. What did he do? He was just, I mean, it wasn't, he was, no, he wasn't mad. He was so disappointed, you know? Cause I was like his son and I just like bailed. Just got on the bus and went home. Wow. Fucking weird. I don't know why. I don't know. I don't even know why. I can't explain to you why. I think I was just like scared, embarrassed, didn't want to do it. But like it, you know, fast forward to the end of the season, I was like, I don't know. I had a hard time in junior. Junior high was rough. I was like way too big and way too awkward. And I was just like, I was scared of it. So it was like things like that. Like I have that shit in my head still. Totally. You know, and I also wanted to quit in peewee football too. My coach was a fucking drunk weirdo. <laughs> so that was, there was reasons for that. But yeah, I get it. I mean, it's weird. It's just a different thing. I just don't know. I like that, but that person's in me somewhere, you know? Oh, of course. And I'm like, why where the fuck would you do that? You were a six foot tall seventh grader. I think it was seventh grade. I don't know. No, it may have been sixth grade. It may have been. I think I was just overwhelmed by the whole junior high experience. Yeah, it was sixth grade. Yeah, I was thinking That's we didn't because baseball you would play. You wouldn't play junior high, but yeah, I get it all mixed up. But it was sixth grade. It was my first year of junior high, like first day of school. I just freaked out, bailed. Crazy. That is crazy, but it makes sense. It doesn't make sense. I mean, yeah, it does. Like kids get scared. Yeah, and you're like, awkward. But and you all my friends were out there. Yeah. All, everybody, like all my friends were out they there. They all knew. And you they were all there. knew I fucking skipped. And the coach was on my ass the next day. So then I had to fucking earn it. I had to run, I think, after practice or something. Good. Yeah. And then I started lighting people up a couple years later. <laughs> Maybe that's what you needed. I think I did. Uh, yeah. 
but it was hard. I wasn't good. That was what sucked is that I just wasn't good. I was just so clumsy. I was a fucking puppy of a human. I was mm-hmm. so huge and could not eat. I'd trip over my own But feet. aren't you glad you had that experience? Because our kids are probably going to be huge and yeah. puppies of humans and awkward. And so then we can speak to that. Yeah, we'll get it. A large house. Yeah. A large home for large people. <laughs> all right, let's get all the right. fuck out of here. Thanks That's- for listening, y'all. We're all over the place on I that missed one. It. I missed this. Pregnant sex and parenting hypothesis. This is. Yeah. This is. All right. We'll see you guys soon. Love you. <laughs>